I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Q&A, our weekly podcast offering from the Hindustan Times. The Delhi election results are out and what a spectacular victory it has been for the Aam Aadmi Party. AAP has won 62 of the 70 seats in the assembly. This comes five years after it won 67 seats and this is, in a way, a record in state elections in India. What explains AAP's victory? What happened to the Bharati Janata Party? What happened to the Congress? And what's next for Arvind Kejriwal? These are the questions I'll seek to answer in this edition of Q&A. First up, what explains AAP's victory? I think there are a set of three factors. The first is clearly leadership. AAP had a very simple message. Vote for Arvind Kejriwal. He was the party's CM face. And, strikingly, the BJP or the Congress did not have a CM face. What we have seen increasingly in Indian elections is the question of leadership acquiring salience. We saw this in 2019, where the BJP presidentialized the election, put up Narendra Modi as its face and asked a simple question. We have Narendra Modi. Who do you have? The opposition did not have a face. It's exactly the same trick Arvind Kejriwal played this time. Aap said, we have Arvind Kejriwal. Who do you have? The opposition was again left speechless. The second factor is Aap's track record. In the past five years, Aap has focused on improving services and governance, especially in the realm of education and health. It has improved government schools, both in terms of infrastructure and the quality of education. It has, through Mohalla clinics, provided primary care to a very large segment of Delhi's citizens. It has also offered subsidised and regular supply of electricity and water. It has given free public transport to women. All of this has helped people access services and has helped them save money. The third factor, I think, is tactical. Arvind Kejriwal was careful after the rout in the Lok Sabha elections where they lost all seven seats, in five of the seven, in fact, AAP came third to have adopted a conciliatory approach towards Narendra Modi. He did not want to make this a Kejriwal versus Modi election. He did not criticize the Prime Minister. What he focused on was local politics. He also did not enter the debate that the BJP was trying to push him towards, which was around the question of nationalism and the protests against the Citizenship Amendment Act. Kejriwal instead projected himself as much of a nationalist as BJP leaders. He supported the government's move on Kashmir. He did not visit Shaheen Bagh. And when BJP questioned his support for it, he said it was the Home Minister's duty to clear the protesters. This combination of leadership, of governance and of tactically staying away from the nationalism debate that the BJP wanted him to enter is what I think explains AAP's victory. What led to BJP's downfall? 
I think it's first important to recognize that the BJP did increase its vote share. From about 32.3% in 2015, they went up to 38% or so in this election. The BJP also went up from three seats, which it had won in 2015, to eight seats. But the outcome was still devastating for the party. And I think there are a set of two or three factors again. The first is the fact that it did not have a leader. The local unit of BJP in Delhi is led by Manoj Tiwari. Manoj Tiwari was not appointed the CM face. He clearly did not have the stature or charisma to take on Arvind Kejriwal. The local unit is also ridden with factionalism. There are veterans like Vijay Goyal and Harsh Vardhan who were undercutting Manoj Tiwari. Manoj Tiwari was undercutting them. This internal feud within Delhi BJP and the lack of a CM face hurt them. The second was its sole dependence on the strategy of religious polarization. By attacking up for its alleged support to Shaheen Bagh and the protesters there, the BJP banked on the fact that Hindus would consolidate behind it. The increase in vote share does depict a slight resonance of this issue. But at the same time, polarization alone did not win BJP any victory. Polarization, a strategy that BJP has used elsewhere in other elections, has to be supplemented with other elements. In Uttar Pradesh in 2017, for instance, there was a degree of polarization, but that was supplemented with anti-incumbency against the then Samajwadi Party government. Even in 2019, there was a degree of polarization in the Lok Sabha election, but it was supplemented with Modi's welfare delivery, be it through provision of gas cylinders, toilets, rural housing. In this election, BJP solely and solely dependent on polarization. The third factor I would suggest is the absence of a positive platform. For a Delhi citizen, there was nothing that the BJP was giving in terms of governance that they had not got from up. They were not able to quite understand what voting for BJP would yield in terms of deliverables. What happened to the Congress? Do remember that Congress has ruled this city for 15 years. From 1998 to 2013, Sheila Dixit was the face of Congress in Delhi, was the chief minister, and to her credit, she transformed Delhi. The Congress this time slipped to its lowest vote share of about 4 percentage points. It also got no seat. Yet again, because in 2015, it had failed to win a single seat. This is in fact the fifth election in Delhi Congress has lost. It lost in 2014 in the Lok Sabha elections, in 2015 in the Assembly elections, in 2017 in the municipal elections, in 2019 in the Lok Sabha elections, and now in the Assembly elections. The Congress has three problems in Delhi. It has no local leader. After Sheila Dixit, the Congress has been unable to transition to a new generation of leaders. It tried Ajay Makan, and now its leaders in Delhi were Subhash Chopra and Kirti Azad. Clearly, they had no traction with the electorate. The second issue was the lack of an agenda. Once again, Delhi's voters did not quite know what the Congress stood for. AAP stood for good governance. BJP stood for its own version of nationalism. Congress was unable to articulate what its positive platform was. The third is the absence of a social base. The Muslim supporters of Congress and voters of Congress went towards the AAP. Many poor citizens of Delhi who used to vote for the Congress also shifted to the AAP because of welfare delivery. The middle-class segment of Delhi moved towards the BJP. Congress was left with no social base. What next for Advent Kejriwal? His success in the Delhi election has prompted many commentators to suggest that it is time for Kejriwal to go national, to take on Narendra Modi. 
But I think Kejriwal is going to stick to Delhi. Remember, in Varanasi in 2014, he took on Modi. Remember, he adopted a confrontational approach against the central government till about 2017-18. Remember, he went to Punjab, but they lost Punjab. It is when Kejriwal toned down his approach, narrowed his focus to Delhi, that dividends started showing. I think the Aam Aadmi Party would be well advised to stick to Delhi, to stick to the idiom of local politics, to stick to the idiom of local governance and target in 2022 the municipal elections. It's also important for Kejriwal to build on the work that he has done in education and health, but also tackle the biggest policy priority this city faces, pollution. In this term, Kejriwal's legacy will be defined by how he takes on the issue of pollution, which has become a key public health crisis in Delhi. That brings us to the end of this edition of Q&A. If you have questions that you want us to answer, if you have issues that you would like us to engage with, please write to us at podcasts at hindustantimes.com. Please also follow us on all our social media handles, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, at HD Smartcast. Talk to you next week. If you're an independent podcaster, self-funded, self-produced, you know you could use support. So come to the Independent Podcasters Meetup in Delhi, hosted by Sonolog, on the 17th of February from 6pm to 8pm. This is a great opportunity to meet each other, share tips and tricks, learn from each other and grow your podcast so you can have even more success and reach. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.